0: When the Lord first called Philip to go out, he didn't know what for. He didn't see the end goal again. He just took the next practical step to fulfill what he was called to do.
1: If you work for the Catholic Church and want to avoid burnout, overcome team dysfunctions, and put more souls in the pews, we're here to help. I'm Taihua here with my co-host, John Cons, and we're providing leadership development for Catholic ministry professionals. Every week, you can expect practical advice to help you move Jesus' mission forward in your parish. Today, we're answering the question, am I over-spiritualizing my work? Also, promo priest interviews... John, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> That's right. Listeners, if you have priests you'd like to hear from, send us an email, and we'll try to get them on the show. Send us the emails to catholicmenpros at gmail.com. Hey, John. Yes. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, the
0: goal here is we you know, we kind of want to make sure we're not just talking into a vacuum or into a void. We want to make sure that that you're getting this great content that talks about how you can become a better leader in your parish through your work and through your discernment, your conversations, all those things, and we want to get our priests' viewpoints and that be a part of that conversation as well. So we got a lot of good stuff coming down the pipeline. Also, just to let you know some of the topics that we'll be covering in the next few episodes, verbal judo for Catholic church workers, that's going to be a must-listen to, the reality or the, just the difference between motivation and discipline in the work life of a church worker. And then finally, asking your pastor for a raise. So if any of those topics sound interesting to you, I really want to encourage you, just stick with us. we got some really fun stuff coming up down the line.
1: That's awesome. Yeah.
0: You were golfing today, Ty. How'd that go?
1: I may need to go to confession for <laughs> a couple of things I may have said. Based off of shots that I hit, maybe you need some new clubs. I actually did get new clubs.
0: <laughs> well, then that's what it is. You just need yeah. a few more rounds and get used to the new clubs. I'm sure yeah, that's what it was. That's exactly what it Lord, is. Lord, Lord have yeah. mercy. Lord,
1: Lord, please bless these wedges <laughs> that they may be straight, that they may oh, be close. <laughs>
0: well, new clubs. New things. Speaking of doing a new thing, see what I did there. Yeah, <laughs> let's dive into our topic for today, and uh, our topic, of course, as as Ty said above, is am I over spiritualizing my work? And where this came from, um, what prompted really this episode for me is is from a podcast that I listen to regularly, and I I I'm not going to throw the name out there because it's a it's a good podcast. I really like it. It's put on by two priests, and uh, they they just go over all kinds of different topics that in the church, in the world, the church as a workplace. And they have one point that every time they bring it up, it kind of it sticks in my craw a little bit. It's kind of a hard one for me to accept. And specifically it's in the area of preaching, which I know is a hot button topic for a lot of our listeners, for Catholic ministry professionals. Everybody has an opinion on their pastor's preaching. And on this particular podcast, what what they were really drawing out is this reality that there is a charism of preaching. There is a reality that um, when you are ordained a priest, you are given the charism of preaching, which means that no matter how talented of a speaker you are, that God is still working in your preaching because it's a gift that he gives to you in your ordination. And again, I know there's a reality to this because I've heard good homilies from priests and deacons that, that aren't great speakers. I've also heard bad homilies from priests that sounded very eloquent right so i i don't want to i don't want to diminish the mind blowing like life altering reality of of god working through our priests but also i don't want to diminish the fact that god clearly wants us you know to partner with him in in an active way you know and it seems to me that he does this typically in really practical ways and so you know if you're a terrible speaker but god god has called you into a ministry where you have to regularly give sermons he, he may also be calling you to grow in that ability um, while still trusting him to bear fruit through the obedience to the duties of your ministry, right? So I I just, sometimes I hear priests say this, you know, I know God works through it. I don't even have to worry about it. Well, th- that that one's hard for me because, again, our work is how do how do we grow so that we can do everything we can to make the gospel of Jesus Christ more accessible to everybody, right? And And so that's what really prompted this idea, like, where's the line? How do we know if we're over-spiritualizing something, and what can we do if we find that we are? Because we all know, we all know people who do over-spiritualize things, and, and I, I think this can actually be a tactic that the devil uses us to keep us from doing the thing that God is inviting us to do. Sometimes he distracts us from doing this thing for what really sound and feel like good reasons. Um, and, and some really practical examples of this, some, some low-hanging fruit, right? We know people that have a really deep desire to get married, and they're just waiting for God to bring them a spouse, but they never go to places where they're going to meet someone because they're just waiting. God will just provide the spouse. But there's a practical reality. If you want to meet your spouse, you might have to go where they would be. Now, there's exceptions to that. There's times where God has done like these really crazy things, like just brought someone in. Um, Or somebody might, they might be dating someone, and they decide they don't want to date that person anymore. So... Instead of saying that, they say, "I think God is calling us to take a break."
1: <laughs> right? Uh,
0: they're over spiritualizing because, well, no, I mean, God might be calling you that. There might be an invitation there, but at the end of the day, you don't like that person and you don't want to date him anymore. You know, and and so there's that classic joke: um, the the man who's standing on his roof, like there's this massive rain and this massive flood that's coming. People have evacuated, but he's standing on his roof, roof like waiting for God to save him. And a boat comes by, and the boat. The person says, get in, we're, we're taking people out of here, we'll, we'll get you to safety. He says, no, God will save me. So the boat leaves. Another boat comes by a few minutes later. Hey, get in the boat, the water's rising, um, you know, we're going to save you. He says, no, I don't need to get in the boat, God will save me. Finally, the water's getting too high, it's flowing too fast, boats can't get in there. A helicopter comes over and says, hey, grab the line, we're going to pull you to safety. He says, no, don't worry about it, God's going to save me. The water rises a little higher, he gets swept away, he drowns dies, obviously, and he's at the pearly gates, and he sees God, and he goes, hey, God, I thought you were going to save me. What happens? God says, hey, dummy, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. What more do you want? (laughs) Right? This reality that we know God is working in these things, but there's also a practical lived reality in which God provides the answers to those prayers, to those requests, to those things. And so we just want to make sure that that. As we enter into this conversation, we recognize that there's both and, but we we sometimes overemphasize and over-spiritualize things, and we do this not just in our personal lives, but we do it in in our ministry as well, you know, where we can over-spiritualize our work. You know, we might we might sit and wait for God to accomplish a task when he's actually put us in that position to do that task, to make that work happen, right? Somebody might bring up a topic that we don't want to go into, Specifically, they might invite us to partake, partake in a ministry that we don't even want to be involved in. And so we say, well, let me pray on it, <laughs> when really we just don't want to do it. Um, or there's a person that, that needs to hear about the love of Jesus, right? This is a big one. Somebody needs to hear about the love of Jesus, so we pray for Jesus to tell them, instead of walking over and saying the words ourselves. <laughs> there's a, there's a Saint, great line by St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, to convert somebody— Go and take them by the hand and guide them. Don't just sit and pray and ask God to do it. Be Jesus to them. Guide them. We might have a clear idea where God wants us to go, but we say, you know, God will let me know when it's the right time to take that next step. But then things never slow down at work, right? There, there's no clear, like, go now command from heavens. Or, or maybe you initially, maybe initially you received some pushback from other staff members or. Parishioners, when you brought up the new thing that God is calling you to do. And it seems like God has some work to do in other people's hearts, right? So you're not gonna go now. Or maybe you even just stubbed your toe this morning and it just doesn't feel like the right day. And either way, you get the point. We have ways of over-spiritualizing and even sometimes making it God's fault that we're not doing the work that we were called to. We're not beginning the new thing that we were called to become a really lazy and superstitious faith instead of that active relationship with the living God, where you are partnering with him in the vineyard for the salvation of souls. And then we just end up waiting for God to do the work that he actually hired us to do.
1: Well, it's just, it's a, it's a cop-out. It becomes a cop-out. It's, it's a spiritual cop-out. I don't want to do it. So I'm going to invoke the big guy's name. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put on his plate. But really, he, he gave us that plate. He told us, right? I'm going to give you these abilities to do these things. They're not going to be easy. You may not always want to pick up that cross and go, but I need you to. So when you put it back on him, that is such a cop-out. It's ridiculous. And I'm not saying I'm without fault. Because there are things that come to my mind where it's like, I know God is said, tie. I need you to do this. It's going to suck. But I need you to do it. There's two things off the top of my mind that I'm putting off right now, and I'm just going to say, I'm going to pray on it.
0: (laughs) Well, and you know where I got, as I was kind of listing out my bullet points and and the script for this episode, those are all examples from my life. (laughs) Those are the things where I know I have put stuff off, difficult conversations, harder work, um different ways of doing things. I have put them off for all of those reasons <laughs> listed above. And so that's how that's how I know because right, I'm I'm exhibit number 1, exhibit A right here. And I I also feel comfortable then saying too like there have been times, right? Like you said it's a cop out, like a little harsher language, it's a denial of the cross that you were given. Right? And we have we have to take up that cross. That, that's one of the conditions of discipleship. And so if, if you're kind of in that space where you hear some of that and you go, oh, that was me, right? If, you, if you've been stuck on just that hamster wheel, you're spinning an idea, spinning these things that you know God is calling you to, and, and maybe you're just waiting, from, from the, waiting for a sign from the heavens to take the next step, let this be your sign. This is a quote from St. John Paul II. The future starts today, not tomorrow. So if there's something that you've identified that you believe can move the mission of the church forward, but you haven't acted on it, here are three things that, that you can do today to stop over-spiritualizing your work, and I would even say discern it in action, okay? So I want to invite you to do these three things, and they are to learn more about spiritual discernment. That might be number one, just to get clarity on what God is calling you to do. The second one is, is to identify your next practical step. And the third one, one of our favorite things, is to put it in your calendar, right? Put that next step in your calendar. So if you need to learn a little more about spiritual discernment, like there's all kinds of free resources online, Catholic, good Catholic resources. I would just pump really quickly Father Timothy Gallagher's book, Discernment of Spirits. It's it's a good read. It's an easy read. It takes um, some really, I guess, high and lofty ideas, but makes them very practical in your life for discerning what, where God is speaking into your life and how to discern between the spirit of God and the spirit of the evil one. Uh, Another option just to read St. Ignatius 14 rules of discernment. It's, it was written hundreds of years ago. So the language is a little, it's just a little different for our brains, but it's really practical too. So if you can get, if you read the 14 rules of discernment alongside maybe just a companion guide to this 14 rules, that can be a great way And also, it's always a great idea if you work in Catholic ministry, if you are a Catholic ministry professional, it's worth meeting with a spiritual director who can really help you when maybe this idea you have, they can help you suss out this idea, maybe it's actually a a play out of your pride, you want to do this out of pride instead of a genuine desire to follow God, they can really help you suss out those things outside of a zone of judgment so that you can more clearly follow the will of God in your work and in your ministry. So, number one, just learn a little more about spiritual discernment so that you can more more quickly identify and point to where God is trying to lead you. The second thing, right? Identify your next practical step. And, and this is key because this is, this is going to get the ball rolling, right? And that next practical step, it could be any of the things that we normally talk about. It might be a key conversation that you need to have With with your pastor, another ministry leader, maybe there's somebody that you know just needs to love hear about the love of Jesus. There's somebody that that God is calling you to to evangelize directly, and that might be the most important thing in your work this year is to evangelize that soul because that soul is worth the weight of your entire career, your entire job, and to go after that. If God is calling you to do it, that's a must. But it might also just be something that you need to retool in your work, either to to delegate a task to batch your work differently to make sure make more time for for whatever that that new thing is that God is calling you to it could even be something as big as canceling a current ministry which then probably involves some more crucial conversations so identify like what if God is calling me to this what's the next really practical thing I can do because fulfilling the practical duties of of your work the actual duties of your life and where you're at now is one of the key road, key steps towards sanctity, right? The, the saints have written about this. Many people have written about this. Fulfilling your obligation to the duties of your day is one of those key, key indicators of sanctity, someone who fulfills them and does them well with great love. The, that third thing then is to schedule that next practical step onto your calendar because we don't, we don't want to let anything become a reason or an excuse to kick the can further down the road. Make it very real, very concrete on this day, on June 25th of 2024, 20, 2034, 2034. Uh, we can go further than that, <laughs> but put it on the calendar because action builds momentum, right? And, and if you have momentum, then discipline and not motivation, but discipline helps you to see that through. And in the process of doing that, it'll become even clearer to discern, like, yes, this is where God is calling us to do. It'll bear fruit, right? Or it'll be easier to discern, like, no, this, is, this isn't where we're called to go. And and that comes out as you begin to put these things on your calendar. You begin to check some of these action items off. It can become a really practical discernment of this is where we need to go. You know, and again, to just just remember those three things that can really help you to Discern to to really help you to begin to get off that hamster wheel of of over spiritualizing things. Learn more about spiritual discernment. Identify the next practical step, and then schedule that step on your calendar. And with that, I think we can move into devil's advocate.
1: Dun dun. Dee 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 dee. Oh well, John, that's great if you know what God wants. But what if you're still unsure? What say you, <laughs> oh, man? I get this so much too, because even
0: after all that, right? We can still have that mindset of I just want to make sure it's what God wants before I act. And the truth is, like, I, like I get that, and I've had to check my pride more often than I care to count or relate on this podcast in my ministry work to realize, oh, this thing that I'm going after right now, this, this is a me thing, Like right? This is the gospel of John, <laughs> and I need to curve, curve over and, and follow the, the Lord's gospel, right? Um, so whatever your version of this, this waiting is or this reason to wait, though, I think that there's, there is a reality that sometimes you just need to take the next step forward. You need to go anyway, and this discipleship is predicated on premature deployment, right? Abraham, we've talked about this before. Abraham was told to go from his country, from his people, from his father's household to a land that he would be shown. He didn't even know where he was going yet. He didn't know what he was going to do there. He just knew he was called to go, right? He didn't have the full picture. That's where you might be sitting right now. You don't have the full picture, but you know God's calling you to do something. Just take the next practical step. Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Philip was called to go out. He was called to go out to the road to a specific place, but he didn't know what he was called to do there. And, then, and so he went. He just took the next practical step. Okay, Lord, I'll follow you there. Then the eunuch comes along, and he, he knows, he discerns, like, I'm supposed to go with this eunuch. Okay, well, okay, I'm going to go follow the eunuch. And then the eunuch, they have this conversation where he evangelizes the eunuch, and then the Ethiopian eunuch says, hey, I believe, what's to stop me from being baptized? And so he discerns and he says, okay, let's get you baptized. You're ready. When the Lord first called Philip to go out, he didn't know what for. He didn't see the end goal again. He just took the next practical step to fulfill what he was called to do. Right. Same thing with Peter walking on the water. He was called out. He had never been trained to walk on water. Apparently didn't even know for sure if it was going to happen because he said, Lord, call me and I will. So he gets called out. And he gets walk, and even in that, he flounders and he fails, and Jesus catches him. But Peter took the next practical step. So even if you take the next practical step, and things don't go perfectly, and even if you fail, you have to trust that if Jesus calls you out, the best thing you can do is take that next step and to trust him. So yes, you may not be 100% sure. But if you feel that God is calling you this, if you've done your best to discern it up to this point, then maybe take the next step and allow God to meet you there. Amen. Amen. And that's actually our actionable step for this week. Keeping it really practical. I'm assuming you've discerned a direction by now. And, and I guarantee for many of you, as as I went through some of that content above, just like I've made mistakes, as I've over spiritualized everything at different times. You had a moment while you were listening where you thought, "Oh yeah, I've been doing that with blank or or maybe when we mentioned taking a practical step, you just intuitively knew like you knew what that step was, it just was immediately in your mind because the idea has been percolating for months. Don't over spiritualize it. Run with that. God works very practically with us. He works in our lives as we actually live them and, and that's what so many of the great saints have. Versions of that Mother Teresa quote, um, we we cannot all do great things, but we can do small things with great love. This doesn't have to be something earth shattering. And it's honestly probably just a very natural response to your community and what God wants to do with them. And so just say yes, take that next small step and know that God will bring about the fruit. And when you've decided what that next step is, put it in your calendar so that you have to take action on it. Okay, well, thank you for listening to the Catholic Ministry Professionals Podcast. If you found today's show helpful, guys, please immediately text it to your pastor, a friend in Catholic ministry, so that others can find out about the show and begin transforming their parish through their work. Please give us some feedback by either submitting an honest review on your podcast app or emailing us at catholicmenpros at gmail.com. And as always, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or at
1: catholicministryprofessionals.com. You know, when you mention the line, "I just don't think God wants this for us. like in, in, in that dating scenario, where it's yeah. like, I don't think God is just calling us to that, that next level or whatever. I want to hear from our listeners how many times that has happened to them or how many times they've used it. And I will say it's probably the, the ladies that have used it more on the men than the men have used it on the ladies. Because this <laughs> happened to me, and it sucks. It sucks, because how do you argue against God, right? Like, I'm just with there.
0: Well, I discerned it, and I clearly heard that God wants us to keep dating. So, right, like checkmate. Yeah, is it the same God? <laughs> That's awesome. I, Yeah. Listeners, we want to hear from you. Send us an email at catholicmenpros at gmail.com. Let us know if anybody's used one of those lines on you. We'll keep a tally.
1: Oh, boy. And with that, we'll see you in the vineyard.